The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. That's right. You've tuned in to the right program, The Intentional Spirit, and today we have someone truly intentional, been in metaphysics over 35 years and on this spiritual path, Will Snyder. Welcome to our show today. Oh, hi, Temple. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. a pleasure to have you, and I'm I'm so looking forward to delving into your story. And um, How did you get started in your life? Did you go to a mystery school as a kid, or did you have some kind of epiphany, or how did you You know, um, I did have uh, an epiphany. Can I tell you that little story? You can tell us. This is your time. Yes, so please take us there. Yeah, so, um, so I was raised in a typical sort of Midwestern, um, middle class, uh, experience, and I was being raised Catholic, and yeah, you know, I was I was kind of the black sheep of my family, the black sheep in the classroom. You know, I was always kind of in trouble, and so it wasn't like I was the greatest little Christian kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I had this experience when I was eight years old uh, of where I I actually got that there is there are beings outside of my little world and what happened was i was alone in the house which was unusual because there were a bunch of us kids it's like a saturday afternoon i'm lying on the living room carpet i remember it so distinctly i'm just lying there reading and in the upper left corner of the room I heard a voice, clear as a bell, and it said, this sounds like a joke, but I'm dead serious. It it said two words. I heard this voice say, play golf. And I got this chill going up my spine, and I sat up. And it wasn't like fuzzy, kind of, you know, it was a command, play golf. And I did, you know, I'm eight years old, I'm left-handed, I didn't have any left-handed golf, you know, I had no golf clubs, but there was no question this was being, you know, it was an order. So I got up, I went into my brother's room, he had golf clubs, and you don't touch my brother's stuff for fear of death, you know, so he was an older brother, so this was so overpowering that I was willing to go in and and take his, you know, his things. I took a club, took a few balls out in the backyard, and it was one of those little neighborhoods that had little backyards with fences in between them. Uh-huh. And I put the balls in the grass, and I remember swinging at the first ball, and it went in the bush. The next ball went nowhere. The third one, I, I must have hit it just right, and it just just took off. And I just saw it disappear like four yards over. So I put the club down, climbed the fence, went through that yard, climbed the next fence, went through that yard. Finally, um, I see the golf ball underneath a tree. I go over there, pick up the ball, and as I'm turning to go back, I, something caught my attention above me in the tree. And I look up, and I see this little pair of tennis shoes just swinging. And then I noticed there was a little pair of legs connected to the shoes, and the legs sort of went up into the branches. And I separated the branches, and what I saw was this little kid. He was about five years old, 
and he was all decked out in like an army outfit. He had a helmet and backpack and a rifle, camouflage. And he had strung a rope like a spider web from branch to branch to branch. And he had slipped and fallen. And he couldn't move his arms because of the backpack and rifle. And the rope had crossed his neck. And he, his, he, he was now motionless, and his face was just purple. And he was just hanging there. And his eyes were, like, open and back in the back of his head. And I, I just lifted up on his little feet, and his head lifted up off the rope, and he fell into my arms. And I laid him on the, I laid him on the ground and just started working on him. You know, it was like I was a Boy Scout, and they teach you that mouth-to-mouth thing that you never think you're ever going to use, right? And I just started working and working and working. And after a certain period of time, I heard a little cough. And then, you know, to make a short story shorter, he um, eventually came back. Oh, and my he gosh. sat up, and he started burst into tears. And then I just got him on his feet and walked him into the backyard or to his house and let him in his side door. And then when I just went home. And then it just hit me, you know, like, what happened there? And I realized in my little eight-year-old way that what an amazing way to get somebody over there to help that kid. And it... Wow. Yeah, it was, like, so incredibly real. It was almost, it was like his little guardian angel, or whatever you want to call it, scoured the neighborhood, looked at me and said, okay, kid, you'll do. Like, you know, do Or this. knew that you would listen. You know, that, yeah. that's another element that's, of it yeah. is that the guidance, you know, more right. often than not is going to come to those who listen. Sometimes people say, I don't ever get any insights. I don't ever get any messages like that. And, and, yeah. and it, it, everybody can, um, and and would if if there is that that opening, uh, yeah. that awareness, and good for you that you know because <laughs> because of the listening power, you know, and not only listening but following the the instruction, you know, because you could have said, well, that's cool. Somebody out there is talking to me, telling me to go play golf. Maybe they mean when I'm you know forty five and I'm right. Like, from my CEO work. Good for you yeah. that you moved on it right away, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what was so interesting about it? It was the tenor of that voice, you know? Mm-hmm. It was so commanding. <laughs> so my point being that at that little age, it just blew my boundaries wide open as far as what I considered to be possible. You know, it was no longer like, from that point on, it wasn't a theory to me that there are powers that, you know, elements or beings that are outside of my of my world and Absolutely. that work with us. Or work Did you with ever others. see the little boy again? You know, uh, it's funny. The mother didn't like me, you know, because I was kind of the little neighborhood um, mischief kid. Uh-huh. So uh, I... What the the sequel to the story was that years later, this was like fifteen years ago, my father passed away, and at the, at his funeral, the parents of this kid showed up at my dad's funeral, and it was a little peculiar because we weren't really friends with them. But my mother, who knew this story, saw them, and she took me aside and she said, "Go tell them the story." Mm-hmm. So I took. Uh, I took the parents aside, you know, and I I told them what happened, and they were just blown away. And they, I asked, you know, how he's doing, and he's happily married, a bunch of kids in Denver or someplace. But I never, I would love to have reconnected with him to see if he recalled any of that. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be very interesting. That would yeah. that would make a very uh, awesome. 
you know. Yeah, and you know, Facebook, the way you can sort of track people down, I think, you know, after this, I'll do that. Yeah, I think that would be... That would be a yeah. very special moment in yeah. a full circle, full it circle would. moment. So did but anyway, you, so it was, did you uh, go ahead yeah. and, and, and continue to listen? Or did that level of listening, because often, um, you know, when we discover or, st- or we continue to practice that from our birth on up in our youth prior to the teenage years of wanting to fit in, uh, often if you've had some kind of major thing like that, it's the tendency to avoid it, not step into it. Were you able yeah. to, to step into your gifts then and welcome more into your life? Yeah, a little of both. I remember I never touched another golf club mm. uh, because I just held it as sort of sacred, mm-hmm. right? Like not a game I'm going to play. Um, but I... Yeah, I would say that I did move toward in that direction. Of uh, that was sort of the trigger that started the movement towards my, you know, my spiritual path. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's funny. How, how did we... you, Will? How did you get into writing? Well, you know, Temple. Um, I've always been. You know, we're all gifted in some ways, and. I've always been a had a gift for writing, and um, people all my life have told me, "Ah, oh, you should be doing that." You know, I should be a writer as a way of of being. And I went and I was more sort of a athlete, and um, I was more like the adventuresome lifestyle, and writing seemed a little too sedate. But um, two years ago, what happened? was, you know, uh, being on a, quote, spiritual path, uh, you know, you're a student, right? And the nature Mm -hmm. of a student is to take, you know, you're taking information, taking, taking, taking. And um, a couple of years ago, I hit some point in myself that was quite powerful. It was like a a real distinct wish to give something back. And I knew it was it needed to be in the form of writing. So I thought, well, what would I want to give? I've got all this knowledge that I've acquired over all these years. And, and I thought about it, and it just, it, what evolved was the idea of writing a story, a, a novel, a metaphysical tale, and I thought, what is it, when I look at the spiritual path, you know, what is it that I could offer that might be of value? And I've noticed there's a weakness. I've seen it in myself on, and, and on the path I've been on. I've seen it in other paths. And it's that we so-called spiritual types, uh, we, all, we have this tendency, I'm speaking for myself, but I, I see mm-hmm. it with others, that we lean towards the light, you know, which is our natural tendency. So, you know, we there's the sense of, yes, I'm a loving person, I'm a generous person, I'm kind, I'm considerate, I'm, I have integrity. These are wonderful spiritual qualities, right, and certainly something to engender. But what about our shadow side, Right. Mm-hmm. What about mm-hmm. the part of the very unspiritual side of our psyche, of my psyche, right? And I started seeing it as it as is the way you see it outside of yourself more readily. And I started seeing it in, you know, these gurus and very exalted teachers that would take these disastrous falls. You know, they get halfway up the mountain and and they come crashing down, and it. You know, it really became more clear that we need to do our shadow work. You know, it's like if if all we are doing is leaning into the light and ignoring our unconsciousness, then sooner or later it comes up and and ensnares us in one way or another. So I thought, well, write a story about that. You know, that would be something that I think deserves uh, conversation in the spiritual realm. You know, I think every, all of us can look at that. So, and I've done a fair amount of 
my own shadow work, uh, so I kind of knew how to how to guide this. So that's what I did. I wrote a an interesting, uh, arguably interesting tale about the light and the dark. And the Lucifer character, my book is called Lucifer, Lucifer's Game. And the Lucifer character has no religious connotation in the typical sense, but he basically represents the uh, the shadow in in our psyche. And so it's this dynamic between this, this man um, who's kind of like I've been describing, who's been on his own spiritual journey for years and gets visited by the Lucifer. And it's the, the, the discussion and, and the journey they go on together about the light and the dark. And the point of the book is really that by bringing our light, and by light I mean our presence, to our unconsciousness and allowing it up, allowing and, and to incorporate these qualities as, as opposed to rejecting them, um, that it opens up a whole new possibility. If we can hold the light with the dark in a, in a kind of balance, uh-huh. it opens up a new level of wholeness that uh, becomes possible. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh gosh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's, it, I I understand perfectly, and it it's very similar to what I um, arrived at and and see all the time is that yeah. uh, you know most people are are comfortable with cliches and platitudes and like I always say, staying in what the mind already knows, where yeah. the mind works with what it knows, but it's the heart. That really is the invitation for the unknown, you know. Right. And and most of us, uh, whether we want to admit it or not, we're still seeking the unknown. Uh, we're still seeking how to learn how to love greater, or how to have more abundance in our lives, or joy, or or just staying awake, you know. And yeah. and in order to get to that, um, it. It's like you can't have a, a good running automobile if you're not willing to get your hands dirty, you know. Um, right. You know, you got to get your yeah. hands dirty, and and that's where so many people don't want to be. They want to stay on the, either the fun stuff or yeah. the denial stuff. So, yeah, right. I'm, I'm definitely with you on that, and um, I, I love the fact that you've approached it by way of a novel um, yeah. rather than a, you know, something that's uh, totally factual and. That's what my book yeah. was about, was all the shadow work of needing to mm. be done, uh, not only mm. for myself, but everyone. Well, we're going to be back after this short break uh, as we're talking to Will Snyder. We're going to be talking about his dynamic book and the changes that it's already making in people's lives. It's called Lucifer's Game, and that's the website also, luciferzgame.com. I want to thank all of you for tuning in to our radio show and just take the time to to share it with all your friends on social media. Because of you, we are featured now. Our radio show is downloaded um, and listened to all over the world. And definitely thank you for your continued support for Unity Online Radio, the voice of the awakening world. We'll be right back after this short break. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Available, you pray the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With you pray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With you pray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. You pray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free you pray app and links to download. 
visit silentunity.org slash app. That's silentunity.org slash app. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Oh yeah, we're waking up today as intentional spirits. We are talking to Will Snyder, talking about his new book, The Lucifer's Game. And we're also looking at, as far as the real balance with metaphysics, meaning, wow, you're a person that you live beyond the physical, you love to ask questions and you like to know more, and perhaps you have a few gifts of awakening that you can use, and intuition, and and, and gifts of an energy healer, or whatever it may be. One of the things that, you know, so many of us find, and Will and I were talking about during during the break, Will, I was doing a show... Uh, I was doing a talk, a keynote, uh, not long ago to counselors that deal with addiction. And they mm-hmm. had traveled, traveled all over the world to be at this particular conference. And, and I was saying to them, uh, that I'm really of the opinion that healers and counselors, teachers, ministers, uh, CEOs, whatever you want to call the person as far as their credential, can only take somebody else to the level that they've gone themselves. Do you agree with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I totally believe that. And I think and that's you, why we're yeah. bottlenecked. I think that's why we have um, people not having uh, breakthroughs. It's my own assessment. It's my own intuitive uh, scanning about that. <laughs> I'm not yeah. looking at any kind of reports or anything because those mm-hmm. are just facts from from an old paradigm, but I, I really believe that is that we do have a number of people that they're in the right roles, uh, but because they haven't done their inner work, because they don't deal with their darkness, they don't deal with their pain, they're seeing clients, they're seeing people, they're coaching them, they're life coaching, they're university right. coaching or whatever they're doing, and they're just keeping everybody at surface level because when that client, that individual of vulnerability is just about to get to the surface to say, wow, I feel, I want to heal, they go, here's your Kleenex, you know, no, yeah. that's point. you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I totally get it. And um, to me, it's like the difference between when someone, it, it's a question of authenticity, mm-hmm. like uh, when someone has actualized their, through their own work, uh, some level of realization, they can project that. Then they can really teach it, you know, and it has that ring of truth to it. Yes. And if if someone is just coming from, um, you know, rote knowledge, uh, it can sound good, it can sound plausible, and, you know, have have all the the characteristics of this, that, and the other, but it it lacks the depth of authenticity because it's they haven't you know it's not coming from their own grounded experience. So absolutely, I totally 
Yeah. And they're not holding the space. You know, they're yeah. just not holding the space for what can be possible because they haven't been, they haven't lived in that space, you know. That's so, right. <clears throat> so did you have um, a moment, I know for me, I, I, I kept, you know, I kept having a, a external events that happened that mm-hmm. made me aware that my motivated, my invigorating self could just keep pushing and pushing and pushing because of being a child of childhood trauma and drama and, you know, all that. Um, I didn't want to, it's like, whoa, you know, I got to go feel some more pain. <laughs> I really I really don't want to do that. I want to do the fun stuff. And I was, you know, acting out growing up. I didn't. I only wanted to do speed, okay? I didn't want to do anything yeah. that calmed me down. But we won't go into that today, right? Yeah. But that being said, um, so I, it was almost like I, there was, I made a choice by not having one to really go into the depth of the pain. How did you kind of figure that out that, that was necessary not only for you to do yourself, but for you to create a novel about it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's like um, experience is a, is a funny thing. You know, I I felt that uh, in my own journey, um, there's something about the, the the particular path that I went down. Uh, I was lucky enough to come into contact with uh, different teachers mm-hmm. that were incredibly helpful to me. And um, one of them... Uh, there's a couple named Hal and Sidra Stone that have this work called Voice Dialogue. And Voice Dialogue is is the dis- going in and discovering that all the different selves that we have within us and by through the nature of a uh, you know being guided with a, a great facilitator which they were you get to allow selves to come out and and give be given voice. So you ha- you know in their work you have your primary selves that call all the shots, but then there's these other selves that are buried down deep and don't really get any airtime. And through the guidance of a facilitator, they're allowed to come out. And over time, I got to see and hear all these different deeper parts of myself, parts that were being rejected, parts that had been wounded and were kind of hiding off in the dark, uh, parts of myself that really wanted expression, but my, you know, my overriding primary selves weren't allowing for that. And over, over that period of time, I got to see this whole basket of selves that make up what I call I, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and that fit in. I had spent years in uh, studying the Gurdjieff work, uh, the Fourth Way path, where um, again it's more like realizing we're all these different selves. And so, over you know that that's what has been very helpful to me. You know, in terms of um, I have really made the study of the the complexity of of the way of all my my own makeup you know and all the range of different so-called eyes within me so it helped me in terms of being able to write about it you know to be able to crawl into the skin of uh i have basically two main characters and so one is a you know the spiritual guy who's really done a lot of work and um, and gone down, you know, engendered all these, you know, wonderful spiritual qualities and this Lucifer side of myself, right, mm-hmm. that could, like, to crawl into that side, you know, that is holding the, the torch for all the rejected selves that are down in the, down in the basement, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's 
you know, it was it was a, a beautiful way to for my own. You know, I I I don't consider myself a, a teacher per se. You know, I'm I'm a work in progress, and so this has been very cathartic for me to be able to go in and put expression to to those completely different sides of myself, to the light, to the dark, to which I have done my own study for years. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I would just like to kind of sit with that for a moment, and what I would offer you is I would I would offer you the reality that all teachers, we are all works in progress. And I, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been telling people for years, if I waited until the perfect moment, the right moment, the moment that, you know, I wasn't in question about something, you know, I would, I would be in my next incarnation and so would everybody else. And so yeah. I would, I would say for you that it just out of, um, really being appreciative of the work you are doing is that when you're living out loud and you put your name on something and you're making a claim for something and you're blogging something, mm-hmm. you are teaching. You are teaching in the way that is received by others. And the reason that you will be a good teacher always is because you are and you admit that you are a work in progress. When people ask me, what is the number one thing that I want to say about myself? is that I'm, I'm a student of life, and the moment I stop saying that, I want somebody not to feature me anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have way too much of that, you know, overextended sense of self out there in the universe. And, and that, right. that work is always great. So I'm very appreciative, you know, of, of the work that you're doing. And what was kind of coming up for me when you were talking, Will, was the idea of uh, you will, can you can, it, it's it's kind of like a little mantra kind of thing. You will continue to replace it until you absolutely face it. So I had to put a couple more words in there so it could be more like a you know like a hip hop song. But you will yeah. continue to because that's the part and that, that's the part that you are addressing. In other words, until we go to the depths of yeah. that inner abandonment and rejection, right? And that part of totally rejecting our soul path, our calling, whatever it is, our beingness, when we're abandoning and rejecting it time and time and time again, we are going to replace the person we get rid of or the job we get rid of or the experience we get rid of. So we're going to just attract and replace it with somebody else that's going to continue to do the same kind of thing. That's what I love about your book because you're spot on about that. Because that's the way the law of the universe works. It just, yeah. it just works that way. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, to me, the I, I don't personally. Uh, I'm not someone who is like chasing what is loosely defined as enlightenment. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, what has always resonated is the word balance. And what I'm interested in is balance, you know. Um, and so that's, there's no greater area, from my view, to achieve balance uh, than within the light and the, and, the, and the shadow within oneself. Because it's like, that's where, if that's out of balance, and I'm just he- heavily into the light, and I'm ignoring my my shadow side. That's not balance, you know. And and the the payoff it takes really. I mean, I I give myself credit when it comes to and any any of us, any of your listeners, anyone who's has the courage to actually off open the door to acknowledge you know our unspiritual side you know the the all the rejected parts of ourselves that we go like oh that's not me you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to incorporate that is um oh you know the the, the sense of the balance that comes from that is is well worth the is well worth the effort and i would also say 
there are some really good guides in in that kind of work, and uh, that can be very helpful to find someone who really knows how to kind of gently go into that realm and and, and help one sort of explore it. And so in that way, it's it's for an individual, for those that are listening, or are you saying that, or oh, I can... I can project that in what you're saying because I I know what I did is kind of mm-hmm. call it in. Are you are you saying that you can call it in? Or are you saying that there are organizations and places like the teachers that you mentioned or their kind of work that would be available? Would you like to mention some of those, Will? Um, yeah. Well, I know for myself, uh, I, I'm not advocating my path, you know, it's worked for me. I, I've been involved for 20 years with something called the Diamond Heart uh, organization. It's just a beautiful uh, deep dive into, you know, the the, um, the our, our true the, the ideas to work through the different egoic layers to get in touch with our truer nature that's kind of buried under all that. But um, Really, there are other organizations like, um, I would say, like, the, you know, Debbie Ford, the, yes. the Debbie mm-hmm. Ford Foundation? Yes. I mean, they, they, that's, they're specialists at that, you know, and uh, they have um, gatherings, and they, they have a wonderful organization that, is, you know, they train people in exactly that kind of work. So I would, that would be one that comes to mind. They do a lot of great things. Yeah. In fact, you know, uh, Temple, the, um, my book is loosely based on, it was very influenced by a book written by Debbie Ford, Deepak Chopra, and Marianne Williamson. They uh-huh. collaborated on a book called The Shadow Effect. Mm. And um, I, I, when I was going into um, articulating the shadow realm in my book. I wanted it to be very accurate. So that was one of the books that I really leaned on as far as, like, um, you know, pulling out um, information so that it was was rock solid. And so, yeah, so the Debbie Ford people would be, you know, one place to start for sure. And they're all over the nation, aren't they? I think so, yeah. Well, um, what do you feel, uh, Will, are some of the strong takeaways? And I'm just going to do the whole title of the book because it's book one, and I know you're working on a sequel, but it's Mm -hmm. book one, The Realm of Shadows. It's Lucifer's Game. You're playing it whether you know it or not, and that's for sure. You're definitely playing it whether you know it or not. Um, Right. So... um, what are some of the strong senses? You're like, okay, I know that person out in the field has read my book. What are, what are they going to know now? Or, or more so, what are they going to be now? More yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Temple, I had, um, my book isn't just about the shadow realm. It's really about the other side, too. What I, what I wanted to get across was uh, there's another whole area, and the two are interlinked. And that is that um, we're we're uh, unlike other animals in the uh, on the planet, you know, that are locked into a certain level of consciousness. Like you take a you take a dog, for example, um, they're they're locked into their dog consciousness. It's not going to change, right? right? We are very different. We're the only creature where our consciousness can raise or lower. We can be, like, I can be more awake or I can be more in a kind of waking sleep, right? And so that's something that I I learned way early on. It kind of blew my socks off when I realized that back in my 20s, uh, where I first came into contact with that realization that, wow, you know, we are basically, nature left us off in a state 
of a kind of waking sleep in the sense that we're not present. Like we weren't, we weren't uh, born or, you know, as our egoic structure developed and we became these mature people, our consciousness is in what I, I refer to in the book as the third dimension, the egoic realm. And the nature of that, if, if you really pay attention to one's own level of awareness, the, the tendency is that our consciousness is always being drawn into this or that. We're either projecting into the future or we're thinking about the past, or we're, but we're not home, we're not present. I see. And it's a very subtle distinction, but it's like what I refer to in, in, in the book is the fourth dimension. We're swimming in it all the time. And that is the, the dimension of presence, where we, it's like waking up. It's like, oh, I'm right here, right now. I'm suddenly in my body, in this moment, present. There's an awakeness, right? And five seconds later, I may be off and have lost that state. But um, I think that what I tried to bring home in the book is the realization that that's been the driving force for the main character in my book, is his trying throughout his own path to to wake up to what he calls snap out of it, you know, to elevate to a state of just awakeness and in any given moment, um, you know, that's available. So that's one thing that I would like uh, the takeaway for the reader would be to, to one's own, uh, to one's own experience to just realize, just take any given moment and just stop and suddenly bring in that sense of, of awake presence and just realize it's palpable. You can feel it. It's like suddenly everything becomes vivid, you know, the sensually and one's vision and one's hearing. And, but more than that, there's a sense of an I, a sense of I that isn't my historical me based on my database. Right. It's a, it's a presence that's a, an awakeness that has a different quality to it. It's a different kind of I, a different kind of me. And to me, that is such an amazing thing. It's right under our nose always. And to discover that and to step into that and, and then to be kind with the oneself because it, there's nothing more slippery than losing the thread of that. But just to keep rediscovering it and then rediscovering it again. And, and, and to those, you know, who have that kind of appreciation for, for one's deeper nature, um, you know, that, that's one of the things I tried to hold. But then it ties back in because it's that, that beingness, that presence that can be the perfect part of oneself to bring to the shadow side because it's one's awakeness that can hold one's rejected selves with tenderness and kindness and understanding and strength. It's like I can, un, I can, un, I can uncover, say, my, my greed. You know, I consider myself a very generous person, right? Well, what about my unconscious greed? Well, I can find it and bring it in. But with my being, I can hold it like, okay, you're not going to run my life, but I now incorporate you into, into my, my whole part of myself, right? Each shadow quality can be incorporated. And, and then, but it's, it's by bringing my, my presence, my light to my shadow. That, that's really the message I, I was hoping to bring through the book. Does that make sense? It totally does. I think you got it. I think you did yeah. it. I think you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> and, we want, and we want others to have it. Um, yeah. And, and what, a, what a powerful message for sure. No doubt about it. Um, 
you write a blog uh, quite actively, <laughs> and you have a lot of followers. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I did something uh, kind of unusual. So uh, on my Lucifer's Game uh, site, kind of the author's site, mm-hmm. uh, I created two blogs. Uh, one is, so my main character, his name is Jackson. So um, Jackson has his blog called Snap Out of It, right? And he writes very thoughtful um, you know, relatively deep uh, blog posts that um, he's trying to get, you know, bring some meaning across. <laughs> and then, um, as is in the book, Lucifer has like a uh, like a Dear Abby column where people write in, and he gives them his slippery, nefarious advice. Right, so it's it's kind of the uh, um, a tongue in cheek. Uh, humor element. So um, Lucifer has his blog, uh, you know, where people write in and, and he gives his responses. So I have the two. It, so it's not really uh, me, Will, uh, writing on my, it's it's my two characters and they each have their own. I love the one about it might reflect, you know, my years of alcoholism. I'm not really sure, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I love the one that you talk about with the with the sheriff. Let me look at the terminology that you use with that, because yeah, I used to just when I would used to see the law officers coming, I I just pull my car over and assume <laughs> I was the one that they were looking for. Now let's yeah. see, and, yeah, and the inner critic, the sheriff yeah. within us. Talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so, you know, the inner critic is, you know, it's, it's like when you're on an evolving path, if you're, you're someone who's really designed to, you know, your fate is you're growing, there's certain things you just outgrow that were maybe useful at one point, and then they're no longer useful, but they just don't want to leave, Right. Right. In, inside. And there's no greater example of that than our inner critic. I think, you know, at some point in one's earlier days, it it was important to have a crit- an inner critic that would keep us, you know, from making, getting too out of orbit. And But it's at this pl- point in life, uh, it's, it's no longer of value. And and yet it doesn't want to, you know, it doesn't want to leave. But the, the inner critic is, um, you know, I call it the sheriff within, you know, because it, it just w- wants to, you know, it, it, what is the inner critic? It's, it's the a, accumulation of all the power voices when we were a child, you know, our parents or maybe some teachers or whatever, boil down into one overriding inner voice that wants to, you know, keep us on the straight and narrow for whatever reason. But it, you know, it, it's full of, um, it shames us and it, uh, uh, it's, it can be kind of a bully. I mean, the, the critic is, uh, something and it can launch critic attacks you know where we do something stupid and then we're suddenly awash in shame so all of that um is very unproductive and uh the inner critic is something in my view to really get out from under so i wrote a blog about that um the inner critic the sheriff within us is what i called it Mm. uh so yeah, that it's fun. Um, these blog posts. Um, I wrote one. Uh, the seeker phase. You know, beware of the naive gene. You know, like there's something beautiful about being a seeker, and there's something very naive about that element as well that can be taken advantage of. I'm just speaking again from my own experience. Another one is ego is not the enemy. You know, it's like. If we're trying to, you know, so many spiritual paths think we have to root out our ego or kill the ego, you know, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I think our ego is something that is a wonderful development 
and yet at some point to go deeper into our true nature you know we outgrow it but it needs Mm -hmm. to be sort of gently retired with honors (laughs) it's not the enemy exactly i I agree with you on that it's not something to be discarded and totally dismissed it's part of us that's that often faces that initial awakening or that part of that determination, uh, even though sometimes maybe just a little bit competitive within oneself. You know, it's right. that it's that emerging spirit that something gives that energy to that little plant that is able to burst through cement in its determination yeah. to grow. And, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's a, a very valuable point. I want to remind everybody to go to Lucifer's Game, lucifersgame.com, and you can find out more about Will Snyder. Uh, you can sign up for his Snap Out of It blog. He also has uh, Letters to Lucifer's, an ongoing event that he also is also a part of. So much to offer, many things to to know about. I want to remind all of you that if you love these types of conversations, you may join us on firstunity.org as well as visit me anytime on templehays.com or sign up for to follow on Twitter or to stay in touch in various ways because we are always conversing about the possibilities of life. Well, Will, I am grateful that you are an intentional spirit and that you are uh, teaching by way of example out there in the world. I, I see for your book much success, and thank you so thank much you. for being part of us today by joining us on Unity Online Radio. It's been our pleasure to have you. Many oh, thank you lessons. so much. I, um, you're just a delightful person and uh, have an incredible range. I can really feel that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, out of the shadow and into the light, right? There's a country music song out there we need to write, right? <laughs> There's a song we need to be birthed within us somehow, that's for sure. Right. Well, you take care, and thank you so much for being with us today. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. How often before even beginning have we declared something impossible? In our mind, we often picture ourselves as inadequate or consider a task too great to attain. Much of our success depends on the thoughts we hold in mind. Our experience depends even more on the persistence with which we affirm those thoughts. A wise person said, It's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the best, you very often get it. In unity, we believe in the power of words and thoughts held in mind. If you sincerely ask yourself, How do I really think things ought to be? 
you may be surprised at your answer. You are destined to do great works. Expect it and see the positive changes in your world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. How often, before even beginning, have we declared something impossible? In our mind, we often picture ourselves as inadequate or consider a task too great to attain. Much of our success depends on the thoughts we hold in mind. Our experience depends even more on the persistence with which we affirm those thoughts. A wise person said, It's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the best, you very often get it. In unity, we believe in the power of words and thoughts held in mind. If you sincerely ask yourself, how do I really think things ought to be? You may be surprised at your answer. You are destined to do great works. Expect it and see the positive changes in your world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.